There was a knock one morning, a man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton, have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing, and it is the very past for a clean energy future above the Marcella Stone. Plus, we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said, you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way. No fracking way, I don't trust corporate salesmen, whatever they may say. No fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way. No fracking way, no fracking way. And that was David Rovick singing No Fracking Way. Well, that was an excerpt of it from the album Big Red Sessions, where you can find that track in its entirety. Welcome to Frack You Very Much, a Fracking Terrible podcast. If you want to send me a message, just go to frackyouverymuch.com. you find a link there to send a message. Find some links there to uh, make a donation as well. You can make a one-time or recurring donation to keep this and my other podcasts free and independent. And you can find all the back episodes of Frack You Very Much at frackyouverymuch.com. This is reading number 13 from the Compendium of Scientific, Medical, and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, Unconventional Gas and Oil Extraction, 6th edition, June 2019. That compendium is compiled by the Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. We're at page 235 of the compendium, Threats to the Climate System. Natural gas is not a climate-friendly fuel. Methane, which escapes from all parts of the natural gas extraction and distribution system, is a powerful greenhouse gas that traps 86 times more heat than carbon dioxide over a 20-year time frame. According to the best available evidence, fuel switching that replaces coal with natural gas to generate electricity offers no clear climate benefits and likely represents a step backwards. As is now documented in many studies, fugitive methane emissions from U.S. drilling and fracking operations, storage, and ancillary infrastructure are higher than previously supposed. A significant proportion of these leaks are not preventable through engineering fixes. Indeed, some represent intentional venting during routine maintenance or during attempts to control pressure and prevent explosions during malfunctions. Venting takes place at all points along the supply chain, from well pads, pipelines, and compressor stations, to liquefied natural gas export terminals. A 2018 analysis of methane emissions from the U.S. oil and gas supply chain that used a combination of measurement methodologies found leakage rates 60% higher than reported by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and concluded that natural gas is just as damaging as coal for the climate over a 20-year time frame. 
Collectively, a range of studies disprove the claim that natural gas is a transitional bridge fuel that can lower greenhouse gas emissions while renewable energy solutions are developed. A sharp rise in global atmospheric methane concentrations began in 2007 and has accelerated since 2014. The causes for this spike are not yet fully understood and likely include both biogenic sources, livestock, agriculture, wetlands, landfills, forest fires, and fossil fuel sources. As both satellite and ground measurements reveal, U.S. methane emissions are responsible for 30 to 60 percent of the recent upsurge in global atmospheric methane concentrations. Most of this excess methane appears to represent fugitive emissions from U.S. oil and gas operations. Many lines of evidence point to the important role of unconventional oil and gas extraction in driving greenhouse gas emissions upward. These include the atmospheric pattern of increased methane concentrations directly over intensively fracked areas of the United States, sharp upticks in global methane and co-occurring ethane levels that correspond to the advent of the U.S. fracking boom, and documentation of large pulses of methane released from storage facilities and other super-emitting sites. A major study from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, in 2017, found that methane from biomass sources, such as fires, decreased over the time period 2001 to 2016, while fossil fuel sources of methane increased. Further, the widely touted claim that the U.S. fracking boom has contributed to recent declines in carbon dioxide emissions in the United States has been invalidated by research showing that almost all of the reductions in CO2 emissions between 2007 and 2009 were the result of economic recession rather than coal-to-gas fuel switching. Other lines of research show that expanded use of natural gas impedes rather than encourages investments in and deployment of renewable energy infrastructure. In sum, fracking as a major driver of rising methane emissions, is incompatible with climate stability and the goal of rapid decarbonization that it requires. March 12, 2019 Using aircraft, a team of researchers from multiple universities and institutions estimated emissions from both coal mines and shale gas wells in southwestern Pennsylvania. For coal, their results largely aligned with EPA estimates. However, for natural gas wells, emissions were five times higher than EPA figures. Because the volume of gas extracted per well is higher than in other shale basins, production-scaled methane emissions were still comparatively low, with carbon dioxide emissions from combustion remaining the dominant source of greenhouse gas emissions. March 7, 2019. Methane is a very strong greenhouse gas with 120 times the power to trap heat than an equivalent amount of carbon dioxide. However, methane persists in the atmosphere for an average of only 12.4 years, whereas carbon dioxide can linger for a century or more. Using a combination of approaches, 
A London team assessed the contribution of natural gas extraction to future greenhouse gas emissions in the United States, taking into account timing as well as magnitude of emissions and changing prices. They found that methane emitted further into the future, and therefore closer to the year where climate stabilization needs to take place, has a disproportionately large bearing on the overall climate impact of drilling and fracking activities, with long-lived gas fields having the most effect. Quote, A key finding of this study is that the environmental and economic consequences of emissions are likely to rise with the age of a field, thus exposing long-lived assets to the greatest potential losses. Overall, our results suggest that future cumulative greenhouse gas emissions from existing U.S. gas fields have a significant short-medium climate impact. The authors recommend carbon pricing as a strategy to shorten the lifetime of long-lived gas fields. They also report that 40% of carbon dioxide output from natural gas is directly related to drilling activities. February 28, 2019 Australia's liquid natural gas export industry contributed significantly to rising carbon emissions from that country in the last 12 months prior to September 2018, according to Australia's National Greenhouse Gas Inventory. Emissions from power plants fell during the same period as a result of a 31% jump in renewable energy serving eastern Australia. These declines, however, were more than offset by soaring increases in industrial and fugitive emissions from Australia's liquid natural gas plants. LNG exports rose by one-fifth in 2018. This jump represents the third consecutive year of rising greenhouse gas emissions from Australia. The expansion in liquid natural gas production and export was identified as a major contributor to the trend. February 27, 2019 An international team investigated the climate and the public health harms attributable to fossil fuel combustion. Their global model estimated an avoidable excess mortality rate of 3.61 million deaths per year from air pollution alone. Air pollution also chemically reacts with dust to create aerosols that disrupt the hydrologic cycle and impede rainfall patterns. If fossil fuel burning ended, not only would deaths due to air pollution be avoided, but additional lives would be saved as water and food security improved in densely populated areas of India, northern China, and Central America. In sum, quote, a rapid phase-out of fossil fuel-related emissions and major reductions of other anthropogenic sources are needed to save millions of lives, restore aerosol-perturbed rainfall patterns, and limit global warming to 2 degrees Celsius. February 12, 2019 In southeastern Saskatchewan, Canada, Conventional gas and oil drilling takes place side-by-side side with unconventional drilling via fracking. In a first study of its kind, a St. Francis Xavier University research team directly compared methane emissions from both types of co-located wells. 
by conducting truck-based air sampling downwind from 645 conventional wells and 289 unconventional wells, the team found that 28% of conventional wells leaked methane compared to 32% of fracked wells. The bigger difference was in measures of mean emission intensities from the wells that were leaking. Leaking fracked wells emitted nearly three times as much methane, 59 cubic meters of methane per day, as leaking conventional wells, 20 cubic meters of methane per day. Quote, our results showed that unconventional sites in southeastern Saskatchewan emit about as often as nearby conventional sites, but with somewhat greater severity. February 5, 2019. A team led by University of Maryland researchers conducted aircraft sampling in 2015 to assess leakage from drilling and fracking operations in the southwestern Marcellus Shale. Coal beds were the likely source of more than 70% of the emitted methane. Of the methane that likely arose from shale gas wells, the estimated mean emission rate was 1.1% of the total natural gas extraction. These results were consistent with, but at the low end of, estimates determined by previous observation studies in this region. They indicate that the climate impact of natural gas combustion falls below that of coal. Nevertheless, the full range includes values up to 3.5%, which falls above the break-even point with coal over a 20-year time span. February 5, 2019. Sampling air from remote locations all over the world, an international team of atmospheric scientists confirmed a sharp rise in global atmospheric methane. This spike began in 2007 and has accelerated since 2014. The causes for the increase are not fully understood. The research team also documented, over the same time period, a shift in the carbon isotope ratio, which may signal a shift in the relative proportions of emissions from different sources. These various methane sources include, for example, gas leaks, microbes, livestock, landfills, biomass burning. Alternatively, or additionally, it may signal a decline in the oxidative capacity of the atmosphere, which breaks apart methane molecules. A change in the rate of methane destruction can also change the carbon isotope ratio. Either way, a sharp ongoing increase in global methane concentrations was not predicted by the future greenhouse gas scenarios that were incorporated into the targets of the Paris Agreement. If the current increase continues, the goals of that treaty could be out of reach. Quote, there is now urgent need to reduce methane emissions, especially from the fossil fuel industry. Anthropogenic methane emissions are relatively very large and thus offer attractive targets for rapid reduction which are essential if the Paris Agreement aims are to be attained. February 4, 2019 Permafrost is soil that remains frozen year-round. If it thaws, microbes turn the carbon contained in the soil into carbon dioxide and methane. Because such a vast amount of carbon is held in permafrost, 
warming Arctic temperatures may release a large pulse of climate destabilizing methane and so trigger an uncontrolled positive feedback loop. A study by an international team looked at the fate of permafrost under different scenarios of greenhouse gas mitigation, including some in which no progress is made towards decreasing fossil fuel-based emissions and others in which the targets of the Paris Agreement are met. In their analysis, the team determined the highest level of natural methane emissions that can be released from the Arctic by 2100. This level is considerably lower than likely anthropogenic methane emission levels over the same time period, which indicates that human-made emissions can be reduced sufficiently to limit methane-causing climate warming by 2100, even if the permafrost undergoes an uncontrolled emission feedback, but only if a committed global effort to reduce fossil fuel use takes place very soon. In a press release about this research, one of the authors of the study, Lena Holgland Isaacson, said, quote, It is important to put the two estimates alongside each other to point out how important it is to urgently address methane emissions from human activities. In particular, through a phase-out of fossil fuels. It is important for everyone concerned about global warming to know that humans are the main source of methane emissions and that if we can control humans' release of methane, the problem of methane release from the thawing Arctic tundra is likely to remain manageable. December 4, 2018 Research firm Rystad Energy reported that gas flaring in the West Texas Permian Basin has doubled since 2017. Oil wells in the region pump out large volumes of associated natural gas. Without pipelines to bring the gas to burner tips, and in order to maintain the rapid pace of oil drilling, operators simply waste the gas, worth more than $1 million per day, by burning it off in flare stacks. Flaring permits are limited to 45 days, but are now routinely extended for up to six continuous months. November 23, 2018 In a report commissioned by the Obama administration in 2016, the U.S. Geological Survey provided estimates on greenhouse gas emissions associated with the extraction and combustion of fossil fuels produced from federal lands. Between 2005 and 2014, fully one quarter of all U.S. carbon emissions come from fossil fuels that were extracted from public lands. The report found that forests on federal lands can offset some of these emissions, but only by 15%. Fossil fuels are extracted from public lands in 28 states, with more than half the total carbon emissions coming from Wyoming. October 29, 2018. The Basin Methane Reconciliation Study was a large-scale field investigation that brought together more than 80 scientists from multiple institutions. They examined why different methods of accounting for methane emissions from natural gas drilling sites vary so widely across the United States. The study took place in 2015 in Arkansas's Arcoma Basin and utilized both bottom-up and top-down approaches, which is to say, measurements were taken on the ground at selected facilities, as well as in the atmosphere over the region, via aircraft. This type of concurrent dual analysis 
had never been attempted before. The study revealed spikes of high emissions that occur during daytime maintenance operations, as when, for example, liquids are being removed from a well and natural gas is freely vented into the air for the duration of that process. The high temporal variability and episodic nature of methane emissions likely explain the persistent gap between the two accounting methods and mean that researchers who attempt to determine how much methane is escaping from drilling and fracking operations require, quote, detailed activity data, unfettered and unbiased site access, and time-resolved operations data. This type of study necessarily requires cooperation with industry employees. August 1, 2018 The Groningen natural gas field in the northern Netherlands is one of Europe's major gas fields where extraction, gas processing, and gas storage all take place. It is also a region with intensive agriculture and cattle operations. An international research team investigated methane emission there with the intent of distinguishing between methane from fossil fuel sources and methane arising from livestock, wetlands, and agriculture. Using both ground and aircraft measurements, the researchers determined that emissions from oil and gas operations account for 20% of regional methane, with the remainder from biogenic sources. That figure for fossil fuel sources is nevertheless 10 times higher than the 1.9% that was estimated by previous inventories. Ground-based measurements at extraction, processing, and storage sites found low emission rates compared to gas production facilities in the United States. Production volume was a poor predictor of emission rates. Even wells with no production still had emissions. August 1, 2018. California's climate goals call for an 80% reduction in emissions by 2050. With this goal in mind, a Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory team set out to estimate what fraction of California's greenhouse gas emissions represent methane emissions from residential homes, including leakage from gas pipes, stovetops, combustion appliance pilot lights, and forced air furnaces. Total methane emissions from California homes represent 15% of the total emissions from the natural gas sector in California and represent 2% of the state's total methane emissions, as calculated in the 2015 state inventory. The team also found that emissions from pilot lights constitute a significant fraction, as do flames in domestic hot water heaters. Quote, while methane emissions from houses are small compared to most sources, California's ambitious goals suggest value in testing and repairing obvious leaks in residential gas lines, modernizing combustion appliances to move away from pilot lights, and gradually increasing the use of non-fossil fuel energy sources for residential space and hot water heating and cooking. July 10, 2018 in 2015, as part of a follow-up study, a research team used helicopters to measure methane emission patterns at 353 well pads in North Dakota's Bakken Shale that had been surveyed in the same way in 2014. In the interim, 
21 newly producing well pads were added to the sampling area. They found that the individual well pads that emitted methane in 2014 were far more likely to be still emitting in 2015 than would be expected by chance alone. The reasons for this persistent leaking were not identified, but potentially include tanks without vapor recovery systems, overpressurization, undersized flaring systems, stuck or clogged valves, and quote, poorly designed equipment. Altogether, researchers quantified 33 plumes of methane and ethane arising from these well pads. June 21, 2018 An analysis of methane leaks from U.S. oil and gas supply chain found that the natural gas is just as damaging as coal for the climate over a 20-year time frame. This study combined on-the-ground measurements of leaks at selected facilities, bottom-up methods, with data collected from the atmosphere via aircraft, top-down methods. Based on the results, the authors estimated that roughly 2.3% of all the natural gas extracted in the United States escapes into the air. This estimated level of leakage was 60% higher than the EPA's estimate of 1.4%. The authors believe their emissions estimate is the more accurate because they used helicopters to capture episodic releases of large plumes of methane caused by, quote, abnormal operating conditions and failure-prone systems that were likely missed by the sampling methods used for the EPA's greenhouse gas inventory. Liquid storage tank hatches and vents were the source of most of the acute incidents. December 20, 2017 A major study led by NASA researchers concluded that fossil fuel sources are driving the sharp uptick in global atmospheric concentrations of methane since 2006. Using satellite measurements and isotopic analysis, the team showed that methane from biomass sources such as fires decreased over the time period 2001 to 2016, while fossil fuel sources of methane increased. These findings helped reconcile conflicting results from other previous studies. October 17, 2017 Using planes, an international team of researchers measured regional airborne methane and ethane emissions rates from the Alberta oil and gas fields in Canada. They compared these results to emissions reported by the industries themselves as part of an accounting system that requires operators to report flaring and venting volumes and found large discrepancies. Based on the amounts of methane and ethane detected in the atmosphere above the oil and gas fields, the reported industry emissions in this region should be 2.5 plus or minus 0.5 times higher. Such large discrepancies between actual methane emissions and industry-provided data represent a reporting gap and present a critical challenge when determining policy. Proposed regulations in Canada currently call for reducing methane emissions from Canadian fracking operations by 45%. However, these data indicate that most of the methane emissions from these operations arise from fugitive leaks that are not being measured at all and or from episodes of unreported venting. July 18, 2017 
a team of 15 climate scientists led by James Hansen at Columbia University, conducted a study on the growth rate of greenhouse gas climate forcing, which has accelerated by 20% in the past decade. Climate forcing is the difference between the amount of the sun's energy that is absorbed by the Earth and the amount that radiates back into space. The authors note that methane, CH4, is the largest climate-forcing gas after carbon dioxide. With an atmospheric lifetime of only about 10 years, quote, there is potential to reduce climate-forcing rapidly if CH4 sources are reduced. However, there is a danger of increased leakage with expanded shale gas extraction. Noting that the speed of ice sheet melting and sea level rise are difficult to predict, the authors assert that targets for limiting global warming should aim to keep global temperatures close to the pre-industrial Holocene range rather than allow them to rise to those found during the prior Eemian period when sea levels were 6 to 9 meters higher than today. Such targets require immediate phase-out of fossil fuel emissions along with profound changes in farming and forestry practices. A delay in taking these measures to minimize irreversible climate impacts means that the next generation will be required to undertake risky, expensive, large-scale CO2 extraction practices, such as carbon capture. Quote, If high fossil fuel emissions continue, a great burden will be placed on the young. Continued high fossil fuel emissions unarguably sentences young people to either a massive implausible cleanup or growing deleterious climate impacts, or both. July 8, 2017 An investigative report from the Interpress Service News Agency examined the climate impacts of methane emissions from Mexico, which is, the, which is sixth among the world's nations in technically recoverable shale gas reserves, after China, Argentina, Algeria, the United States, and Canada. Mexico's current energy policy, introduced in 2014, emphasizes the exploitation of shale gas using fracking. Using data from the state-owned energy company Petróleos Mexicanos, Pemex, the Interpress Service story documents that as of 2017, more than 900 wells located in six of Mexico's 32 states have been drilled and fracked. High volumes of methane are emitted during venting, and methane emissions have been increasing sharply. In 2016, the total methane emissions from Mexico's Pemex exploration and production operations were 641,517 metric tons, 38% higher than the previous year. According to researcher Ramon Torres of the National Autonomous University of Mexico, who is quoted in the story, quote, Current regulations are based on best practices, but the philosophy of environmental protection has been abandoned. Exploitation is deepening inequities in a negative way, such as environmental impact. It is irresponsible to auction reserves without a proper evaluation of environmental and social impacts. June 19, 2017 
a study that measured methane emissions from various components of drilling and fracking equipment on well pads located in four different shale basins in Colorado, Utah, Arkansas, and Wyoming, found widely varying results. In Colorado and Utah, a small percentage of well pads leaked the vast majority of methane, whereas leakage was more equitably distributed among wells in Wyoming. The research team also found variations that were dependent on oil, gas, water content, as well as on the numbers of wells per well pad. In some, emissions from well pads contributed significantly to basin-wide methane emissions, but varied depending on location. Note, the authors identified XTO Energy as a cost-share partner in this study. April 18, 2017 San Juan Basin in the Four Corner region of Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado is one of the largest coal bed methane-producing regions in North America. Between 2003 and 2015, natural gas production declined, and yet, as revealed by atmospheric sampling from aircraft flying over the basin, methane emissions did not decrease during the same period. These results confirm earlier findings from a satellite study that also showed no declines in regional methane concentrations in spite of significant declines in natural gas production. According to the authors, the likely explanation for the region's persistent elevated methane levels is increased oil drilling in the basin. February 9, 2017 Using ground-based monitoring methods, a team led by Drexel University researchers monitored a range of emissions, including methane, in two intensively drilled regions of the Marcellus Shale Basin in Pennsylvania. The goal was to understand the concentrations and sources of relevant air pollutants that had previously been reported as impacts of drilling and fracking operations. Airborne methane concentrations were higher in southwestern Pennsylvania as compared to northeastern Pennsylvania. The authors conclude that urban-like levels of air pollutants in rural Pennsylvania are likely due to emissions from oil and gas operations in the Marcellus Shale Basin. January 9, 2017 A modeling study found that short-lived greenhouse gases, such as methane, can contribute to thermal expansion of the ocean over much longer timescales than their brief atmospheric lifetimes might otherwise predict. Quote, Actions taken to reduce emissions of short-lived gases could mitigate centuries of additional future sea level rise. December 12, 2016 As part of the Interdisciplinary Global Carbon Project, consortium of scientists undertook a meta-analysis that synthesizes many hundreds of individual studies in order to better understand the global methane cycle. Integrating atmospheric measurements with ground-based data, the researchers found more uncertainty in the emissions from natural sources than from human activities. For the 2003-2012 to 2012 decade, global methane emissions were 558 teragrams per year, with a range of 540 to 568, with 60% of global methane emissions attributed to anthropogenic sources of all kinds with a significant contribution, likely at least 39%,
from oil and gas production operations. December 12, 2016 an editorial published in Environmental Research Letters by an international team of scientists urges immediate attention to quantify and reduce methane emissions. Unlike CO2, atmospheric methane concentrations are rising faster than at any time in the past two decades, and since 2014 are now approaching the most greenhouse gas intensive scenarios. The authors present methods of evaluating anthropogenic and biogenic sources of methane as from agricultural practices and project future methane emissions. November 8, 2016 The Government of Scotland released a report confirming that the pursuit of unconventional oil and gas extraction would make more difficult the nation's goal of meeting its climate targets on greenhouse gas emissions. November 1, 2016. A life cycle analysis of greenhouse gas emissions from fracking operations in the Marcellus Shale region found that upstream activities associated with the use and transport of chemicals, water, and sand mining contribute relatively lower emissions than downstream phases of the fracking process, which include gas combustion, methane leakage, venting, and flaring. October 5, 2016. A new inventory of worldwide methane emissions from various sources finds that methane emissions from the fossil fuel industry are 20 to 60 percent higher than previously thought. This discovery, based on isotopic fingerprinting of methane sources, has prompted researchers to call for revisions to current climate prediction models and for a renewed emphasis on reducing methane emissions as a necessary tool for combating climate change. September 26, 2016. In ratifying the Paris Climate Agreement, the United States pledged to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions 26 to 28 percent by 2025, as compared to 2005 levels. A research team from Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory found that the United States is on track to miss this target, in large part because of soaring methane emissions. September 12, 2016. Using isotopic analysis and archived air samples collected from 1977 to 1998, as well as more contemporary data, a team of researchers from Oregon presented, quote, strong evidence that methane emissions from fossil fuel sectors were approximately constant in the 1980s and 1990s but then increased significantly between 2000 and 2009. Over the same period, methane emissions from biomass burning, rice cultivation, and wetlands decreased. These results contradict the findings of earlier studies that used atmospheric ethane as a marker for methane and had concluded that fugitive fossil fuel emissions fell during much of that period. More recent studies show that ethane emissions are increasing again. July 11, 2016, a group of 130 environmental and health organizations signed a formal complaint with the Inspector General of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency about a pivotal 2013 study that was published in the Proceedings of the National Academies of Sciences and which was led by University of Texas chemist 
David T. Allen. The letter accused Allen of, quote, systemic fraud, waste, and abuse for his reliance on an inaccurate measurement device that was known to underestimate methane levels. Partially funded by the oil industry, Allen's study reported very low methane emission rates as part of a large survey of 190 drilling and fracking sites across the nation. That flawed study was influential, said complainants, in preventing EPA from recognizing the magnitude of methane leakage from drilling and fracking operations. June 17, 2016 A comparative assessment of emerging methods for measuring methane emissions from different sources recommends combining analytic methods with chemical mass balance, CMB, methods. The CMB system is currently used in the Barnett Shale oil and gas production region in Texas as an approach to tracing methane emissions back to their sources. May 25, 2016 As part of the first field study to directly measure methane emissions from the heavily drilled back-end shale formation in northwestern North Dakota, a team led by atmospheric chemist Jeff Peichel at, at NOAA flew research aircraft over the region in May 2014. The researchers derived a methane emission rate of 275,000 tons of methane per year, which is similar to the rate of methane leakage in the Front Range area of Colorado, but significantly lower than previous studies of the back-end area that relied on satellite remote sensing data during an earlier time period, 2006 to 2011. Analyzing the chemical composition of air samples, the NOAA team determined that almost all of the methane originated with oil and gas operations rather than with natural or agricultural sources. An estimated leakage rate of 4.2 to 8.4%. Scaled to production, this emission rate is slightly lower than the estimated by EPA in its recently revised inventory. April 15, 2016. In its 21st annual greenhouse gas inventory, which includes 2014 data, the EPA increased its leakage assessment from oil and gas operations by 34%. For oil production alone, the EPA more than doubled its estimates of methane emissions. Further, in an admission that the agency had been historically underestimating methane leaks, the EPA also retroactively increased estimates of past emissions from the fossil fuel sector as expressed in prior inventories. In an accompanying, new, accompanying news release, the agency said, quote, Data on oil and gas show that methane emissions from the sector are higher than previously estimated. The oil and gas sector is the largest emitting sector for methane, and accounts for a third of total U.S. methane emissions. Past EPA inventories had identified livestock as the number one source of U.S. methane. These annual inventories fulfill the EPA's obligations under the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, signed and ratified by the United States in 1992, an attempt to identify and quantify U.S. anthropogenic sources and sinks of greenhouse gases for the time period 1990 and forward. The upward revision on both past and current inventories is a reflection of changing methodologies for measuring methane 
leaks. Older methods included the incorporation of bottom-up data supplied by oil and gas industry without attention to high-emitting or super-emitting sources or possible sources of error introduced by flawed measuring equipment. In addition, the use of a global warming potential multiplier of 25 for methane, which is based on a 100-year time horizon rather than 86 for a 20-year time horizon, has come under sustained criticism given the urgency of the climate crisis. April 7, 2016 Since 2009, corresponding to the advent of the U.S. shale gas boom, North American ethane emissions have increased by 5% per year. This trend represents a reversal of a previous multi-decade decline, mid-1980s until the end of the 2000s. In the abundance of atmospheric ethane that had been attributed to the reduction of fugitive emissions from fossil fuel sources. These are the findings of an international research team which analyzed remote sensing data gathered by the Network for the Detection of Atmospheric Composition Change at globally distributed ground-based sites. Ethane is a volatile organic compound, VOC, that readily reacts with nitrogen oxides in the presence of sunlight to create ground-level ozone. Also a potent greenhouse gas, ethane is co-released along with methane from drilling and fracking sites. The source of two-thirds of the ethane in the Earth's atmosphere is leakage from natural gas wells and pipelines. Because ethane is co-emitted with methane and can serve as a marker for it, this documentation of a sharp recent uptick in the atmospheric ethane is part of a larger body of evidence suggesting that U.S. drilling and fracking operations are driving up global methane levels. April 5, 2016. A research team using infrared cameras and helicopters demonstrated that between 1 and 14% of oil and gas well pads surveyed were high emitters of hydrocarbons and VOCs, with the greatest number observed in oil-producing areas and in areas with horizontal drilling. While some emissions were intentional or part of routine maintenance operations, Fugitive, unplanned releases, as from malfunctioning equipment, were also common, as were combustion emissions, as from flares and compressor engine exhaust. Tank vents and hatches were the origin of the vast majority, greater than 90% of detected large emission sources, deeply undercutting the assumption in the EPA's oil and gas emissions estimation tool of 100% capture efficiency by tank control systems. While emissions tended to be higher during the first few months of well production, predicting which wells or other sources would become high emitters was not possible. The lead author speaking to Inside Climate News concluded that the work, quote, really demonstrates the importance of things like continuous detection or frequent monitoring to find these high emissions sites. March 10, 2016. Attempting to explain a methane plateau between 1999 and 2006 within otherwise almost continuously increasing levels of atmospheric methane since the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, an international team of atmospheric scientists reconstructed 
the global history of methane and used isotopic carbon fingerprinting to parse the sources of its emission. Thermogenic emissions were assumed to result from fossil fuel sources, while biogenic sources were assumed to rise from wetlands and agricultural operations. Based on a geographic distribution of methane revealed by remote sensing, the authors concluded that agricultural emissions, especially increases in livestock inventories and rice cultivation, were the most likely drivers observed of observed global methane increases from 2006 to 2014. These results stand in contrast to other contemporaneous and recent studies that have supplied evidence for the role of oil and gas extraction in the recent upsurge in atmospheric methane. February 16, 2016. A Harvard-led team used both satellite retrievals and surface observations to estimate that methane emissions in the United States increased by more than 30% over the past 12 years. These findings, which contradict the 10% decline reported by the EPA, suggest that the United States could be responsible for 30-60% to of the recent global spike in atmospheric methane. Since 2015, research on atmospheric methane has frequently relied on an inverse method to optimize emission estimates by combining bottom-up and top-down data. Yet data from different sources have not yielded consistent estimates of methane emissions and levels. Three major sources, Wecht et al. 2014, Miller et al. 2013, and Turner et al. 2015, all found maximum emissions in the south-central United States with spatial overlaps that made separating livestock sources from oil and gas sources difficult. Taking into account the time period investigated by differing studies reveals an increasing trend in methane emissions, with an increase of 38% from 2004 to 2011, a period of greatly increasing drilling activity. This trend is confirmed by analyzing temporal trends in satellite data. While this account still differs from the EPA's inventory in 2014, showing a 3% decrease in oil and gas emissions over that same time period, the EPA's data presumed better control of measured leaks, which may not correlate with better control of overall emissions. January 29, 2016 Working in the Marcellus Shale Basin, a Carnegie Mellon research team compared methane emissions from older conventional gas wells, those that were vertically drilled, and newer unconventional gas wells, those that combined fracking with horizontal drilling. Measured by facility, the mean estimation rate for unconventional wells was 23 times higher than that of conventional wells. This difference in part was attributed to the larger size of unconventional well pads, which typically have multiple wells per pad, more ancillary equipment, and produce more gas. When corrected for production, the conventional wells leaked more. That is to say, they lost a comparably larger fraction of methane per unit of production, likely due to, quote, unresolved equipment maintenance issues. Altogether, the authors concluded these new emissions data show that recently instituted Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection's methane emissions inventory substantially underestimates facility-level methane emissions.
Five unconventional well sites included in this study leaked 10 to 37 times more methane than estimated in the state inventory. January 25, 2016 Cornell University scientists introduced an innovative methodology for assessing potential climate impacts of alternative choices and used it to demonstrate that emissions of the two most important greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide and methane, calculated as time-integrated radiative forcing, are lower with heat pump water heaters than any other means of heating water. Further, their calculations showed that heat pump water heaters powered by coal-generated electricity achieve greater net climactic benefit than heaters powered by natural gas. While even greater benefits may be achieved by combining heat pump water heaters with electricity generated by renewable sources. The authors proposed and justified a methane emission rate of 3.8% for conventional shale gas, which is therefore offered as a lower bound for future tightly controlled methane emissions from unconventional gas activities. The authors also made their web-based tool for evaluating the greenhouse gas footprint of reference and alternative technologies and its source code available to the public. December 22, 2015 To reconcile troubling divergences in published estimates of methane emissions, in which top-down estimates based on atmospheric or satellite sampling often exceed bottom-up estimates based on ground-level sampling or individual source reports, Researchers used a combination of repeated mass balance measurements plus ethane fingerprinting to improve top-down estimates and incorporated a more complete and detailed count of facilities to improve bottom-up estimates. The results, as demonstrated in the Barnett Shale Oil and Gas Producing Region of Texas, revealed a convergence of estimates to within 10% for fossil fuel methane and 0.1% for total methane with predicted methane emissions 90% larger than those estimated by the EPA's greenhouse gas inventory. Exclusion of additional problematic studies might have resulted in even greater convergence and higher estimates. The agreement between top-down and bottom-up estimates demonstrates that well-designed surveys using either approach can be useful, with spatially resolved bottom-up estimates pointing towards production sites as the source of 53% of emissions, compressor stations 31% of emissions, and processing plants 13% of emissions. The Barnett Shale emission rate of 1.5% calculated in this study is low enough, less than 3%, to suggest that gas-fired electricity production in this region causes less climate forcing than coal-fired electricity but it is high enough, greater than 1%, to argue against the conversion of diesel-powered freight trucks to compressed natural gas. Gas production practices and heavier activity in other basins may lead to higher emission rates, as may the storage and long-distance or very long-distance transmission of natural gas. December 22, 2015 Writing for Environment and Energy Publishing Journalist Gayathri Vandelnathan reported on efforts by climate scientists to convince the United Nations to stop expressing the heat-trapping potential of methane 
over a 100-year time frame, it instead used a 20-year time frame when generating global warming potential. The conversion factor that allows policymakers to compare methane's ability to trap heat with that of carbon dioxide. Methane is far more potent heat-trapping gas than is carbon dioxide, but it is also shorter-lived. By convention, policymakers have used a 100-year time frame when calculating global warming potentials. However, there is no scientific reason to do so, and many scientific critics argue that choosing this timescale veils the true climate impacts of natural gas and, quote, makes the gas appear more benign than it is. November 25, 2015 Using reports from countries and companies with proved reserves of recoverable oil, natural gas, and coal, an analysis published in the Global Environmental Change shows that full production of these resources would use up 160% of the world's estimated remaining carbon budget designed to restrict anthropogenic climate change to equal or less than 2 degrees Celsius. While 76% of the reserves are owned by states or state entities, the relatively smaller amount of reserves owned by investors poses the greater immediate threat since those companies are more likely poised to produce, refine, and deliver fossil fuels to global markets in the near term. However, exploitation of existing proved reserves controlled by the private sector alone does not lead to warming above the 2 degree limit that is not accompanied by exploration for and development of new reserves. Future considerations of fossil fuel use should focus not only on reducing private sector contributions, but also on reducing contributions from countries that have historically dominated or currently dominate emissions, and especially nation-states with large, undeveloped reserves. November 9, 2015 Including data available through 2014, the World Meteorological Organization, WMO, reported that global, globally averaged levels of carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide reached new highs in 2014, with values respectively 143%, 254%, and 121% of pre-industrial 1750 levels. While the atmospheric increase in carbon dioxide has slowed, methane and nitrous oxide levels continue to increase. Measurements from the WMO's Global Watch program point to wetlands in the tropics and anthropogenic sources at mid-latitudes of the northern hemisphere as the sources of increased methane over the past decade. October 8, 2015 As a foundation for policy recommendations, Cornell University biogeochemist Robert Howarth summarized and analyzed the evidence documenting the magnitude of methane emissions related to oil and gas development in the United States since 2007, with estimated emissions rates ranging from 3.8 to 12 percent. The high radiative force of methane, forcing of methane over a 20-year period prevents natural gas from serving as a bridge fuel. Instead of further investments in natural gas, Howarth proposes a rapid transition to electric-powered vehicles for transportation, high-efficiency heat pumps for space and water heating, and imposition of a methane tax that is roughly 86 times higher than currently proposed carbon taxes, which typically address only carbon dioxide. 
Howarth also noted that the EPA, quote, has seriously underestimated the importance of methane emissions in general and from shale gas in particular. August 4, 2015. A developer of high-flow sampling technology determined that a commonly used instrument to quantify methane leakage has unreliable sensors and malfunctions in ways that vastly underreport emissions by factors of 3 to 5. More than 40% of the compiled national methane inventory may be affected by this measurement failure, according to the author of this study. The implications of this discovery for our understanding of system-wide methane leakage rates from drilling and fracking operations are not known, but they do call into question the results of at least one major study of methane emissions that relied on this device for collecting data. This is the second of two studies that finds that the primary tool approved by the EPA for measuring and reporting emissions of methane fails to function properly when used as, a, as directed by the manufacturer. July 21, 2015 An international team of researchers investigated the claim that the fracking boom, which has dramatically increased supplies of natural gas in the United States, is the main driver of the modest decline in carbon dioxide emissions since 2007. Conventional wisdom, as expressed by the Third National Climate Assessment of the U.S. Global Change Research Program, attributes the drop in emissions to a shift away from carbon dioxide-intensive coal and toward natural gas in power plants. But this team analyzed the sources of change in carbon dioxide emissions and, using a tool called Input-Output Structural Decomposition Analysis, documented that the economic downturn, not fuel switching, in the power sector was the explanation for declining carbon dioxide emissions since 2007. The single biggest impact on U.S. emissions was changes in the volume of goods and services consumed. Between 2007 and 2013, driven by a huge drop in the volume of capital investment, emissions associated with capital formation decreased by almost 25%. During the same period, emissions related to household consumption decreased by 11%. July 7, 2015 A scientific opinion piece by Environmental Defense Fund researchers involved in a group of 11 studies on methane emissions in Texas Barnett Shale provided an overview and orientation to new research that either measured or estimated methane emissions from oil and gas operations. Research from both top-down estimates based on measuring atmospheric methane or related compounds at regional or larger scales and bottom-up measurements made directly from components at ground level near study sites demonstrated that methane emissions from oil and gas operations in the Barnett Shale region exceeded the emissions expected from the EPA's greenhouse gas inventory, which relies on industry self-reporting and excludes many compressor stations. The new research detailed the importance of addressing high-emitting landfills and natural gas facilities, quote, super emitters, and malfunctioning equipment in efforts to control ongoing methane emissions. May 28, 2015. A comprehensive working paper from the New Climate Economy Initiative of the Global Commission on the Economy and Climate at Stockholm Environment Institute found that the experience in the United States of substituting natural gas for oil 
was unlikely to be replicated around the globe and probably will not provide climate benefits unless coupled with strict controls on methane leakage, limits on total energy use, and policies to prevent the displacement of non-fossil fuel energy by methane. Citing multiple studies of the net climate impact of, quote, more abundant, cheaper natural gas supplies, the Commission concluded that, quote, both globally and for the United States, the increase in emissions from the scale effect from increased energy consumption boosted by cheap natural gas and loss of potentially more expensive lower carbon approaches fully offsets the emissions benefits from the substitution effect net of methane leakage. March 24, 2015. A University of Cincinnati researcher and independent engineers documented that the Bacharach High Flow Sampler, BHFS, one of the only tools approved by the EPA for measuring and reporting emissions of methane from natural gas transmission, storage, and processing facilities, failed to function properly when used as indicated by the manufacturer. The BHFS, unless recalibrated daily in running revised software or taking measurements in a nearly pure methane environment, which is exceedingly rare in the field, misreported high levels of natural gas by as much as an order of magnitude lower than actual concentration. A reanalysis of 2011 results from the City of Fort Worth Air Quality Study revealed at least seven instances for which the BHFS indicated sample concentrations at or below 5%, when more reliable canister methane readings indicated concentrations that range from 6.1% to 90.4%. Inaccurate measurements like these can contribute to the discrepancy between quote, top-down and bottom-up measurements of methane, with ground-level measurements from BHFS potentially producing reports of falsely low emissions. This study was followed by another that further documented malfunctions in the BHFS device, and called into question the results of a landmark 2013 survey of methane emissions at 190 drilling and fracking sites across the United States. That 2013 survey from the University of Texas relied on the BHFS device for collecting data and found very low leakage rates. March 20, 2015. A team led by Bruno Franco from the University of Liège in Belgium discovered an abrupt uptick in ethane levels at a mountaintop station in the Swiss Alps that is far removed from local pollution sources. In a later comment about this discovery, Franco said, quote, Since 2009, we observed increases of 5% per year here. It was completely unexpected. The team attributed the trend reversal to the natural gas boom in North America. Ethane is released together with methane from drilling and fracking operations and serves as a proxy for it. March 9, 2015 With specialized equipment in a mobile van, University of Colorado NOAA Environmental Defense Fund and independent researchers continuously measured methane and ethane from public roads at sites downwind of potential emission sources, such as natural gas production wellheads, processing plants, and compressor stations. 
The sampling method and modeling allowed capture of multiple, quote, accidental plumes acquired during long drives across the study region between planned measurements near large facilities. Sampling was not random but documented a large number of facilities with low methane emission rates, equal to or less than 10 kilograms per hour, with a smaller yet important number of facilities showing much higher emissions. Although the largest measured emission in this study, 1,360 kilograms per hour, corresponded to approximately $1.2 million in lost revenue per year, the authors noted that in this industry, the quote, leak fraction or proportional loss levels they documented would generally translate into only a small proportion of lost revenue, probably not sufficient to prompt strong energy sector self-regulation. March 1, 2015. Using a simulation model, the Federal Ministry for the Environment, Nature, Conservation, Building and Nuclear Safety, writing for, the Ger for Germany's Federal Environmental Agency, found that shale gas was not a cheap option to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions. Multiple comparison simulations found that shale gas availability, especially in the short term, tends to lead to higher emissions due to lower energy prices, inducing higher use. The net result is higher costs to achieve compliance with climate targets. In this model, shale gas was also found to compete in an unhelpful way with renewable energy sources, resulting in reduced use of renewable energy sources and reduced investment in energy efficiency measures. January 8, 2015 Using a single integrated modeling program that incorporates detailed estimates of the world's reserves of oil, gas, and coal, and is consistent with a wide variety of prior modeling approaches, University College London researchers demonstrated that around the world, quote, a third of oil reserves, half of gas reserves, and over 80% of current coal reserves should remain unused from 2010 to 2050 in order to meet a target of less than or equal to a 2 degrees Celsius rise in global temperature. In addition, development of resources in the Arctic and any increase in unconventional oil production are incommensurate with efforts to limit average global warming below the 2 degree threshold. Calling for a stark transformation of our understanding of fossil fuel availability, the authors noted that in a climate-constrained world, Fears of scarcity of fossil fuels must be superseded by a commitment to preventing overuse of existing resources and reserves. November 26, 2014 Stanford University and independent researchers compared coal and natural gas for power generation and concluded that the question of, quote, whether natural gas plants are better than coal plants cannot be answered in the general case. During the period of plant operation, quote, natural gas plants can produce greater near-term warming than coal plants with the same power output. They found that over time, natural gas plants can produce some reduction in near-term warming, but only if life cycle methane leakage rates are low and power plant efficiency is high. Relative to coal, there is a potential that, quote, deployment of natural gas power plants could both produce excess near-term warming if methane leakage rates are high and produce excess long-term warming if the deployment of natural gas plants today 
delays the transition to near-zero emission technologies. October 23, 2014 Adding to the debate about natural gas and climate change, a multi-center international research team used a sophisticated integrated approach to the global energy economy climate systems question and found no climate benefit to natural gas over other fossil fuels. As summarized by the editor of Nature, quote, The development of hydraulic fracturing technologies has led to rapid growth in the use of natural gas as an energy source. Some evidence has suggested that this growing adoption of natural gas might lead a reduced greenhouse gas burden and consequent mitigation of climate change. This collaboration between five energy climate modeling teams shows that instead, under a scenario of abundant natural gas availability, increased consumption will have little or no impact on climate change. The authors concluded, Although market penetration of globally abundant gas may substantially change the future energy system, it is not necessarily an effective substitute for climate change mitigation policy. October 6, 2014 Utilizing satellite data for the Bakken and Eagle Ford formations, scientists from Germany, the United Kingdom, and the University of Maryland confirmed that higher top-down estimates of fugitive methane leaks from oil and gas fields, which are obtained via tall tower flask samples, aircraft measurements, and road surveys, are more accurate than lower bottom-up estimates, which are obtained by summing emissions from different types of known sources at sites provided by participating utility companies. According to bottom-up estimates, the average U.S. leakage rate ranges from 1.2 to 2.0%. But satellite data show much higher leakage rates, 10.1% and 9.1% for the Bakken and Eagle Ford formations, respectively. These higher estimates indicate the current inventories likely underestimate future emissions and call into question any immediate climate benefit from switching from coal to natural gas. Similar results were seen for the Marcellus Shale region, but as a result of technical and geographical limitations, the authors declined to quantify their results pending future studies with enhanced equipment. September 24, 2014 According to a paper published by scientists from the University of California and Stanford University, quote, Without strong limits on greenhouse gas emissions or policies that explicitly encourage renewable electricity, abundant natural gas may actually slow the process of decarbonization, primarily by delaying deployment of renewable energy technologies. The study builds on previous research by examining natural gas in a range of supply curves with a tested economic model and across three different types and levels of climate policy. Researchers found that abundant natural gas, even with low rates of methane leakage, does little to reduce, and may increase, greenhouse gases. They conclude that delaying deployment of renewable energy technologies, quote, may actually exacerbate the climate change problem in the long term. September 2, 2014. Analyzing the level of greenhouse gas emissions attributable 
to electricity from natural gas-fired power plants and coal-fired power plants, economist Chris Bush and physicist Eric Gimon conclude that over short time frames and at high rates of leakage, natural gas offers little benefit compared to coal and could exacerbate global warming. Although Bush and Gimon acknowledge that natural gas offers some reductions in greenhouse gas emissions over longer time frames, they point out that such reductions are not large enough for natural gas to play an expanded role in efforts to manage emissions. They conclude that under the best of circumstances, natural gas-fired electric power offers a modest benefit towards abating climate change, while if poorly developed, for example with extensive methane leaks estimated by these authors to be on the order of 4% or higher, or if used to displace energy efficiency or renewable energy, natural gas could seriously contribute to increased greenhouse gas emissions. August 5, 2014 Reporting in Scientific American, the science news organization Climate Central outlined the natural gas-related factors that threaten any ability to achieve climate goals through the proposed Clean Power Plan. Quote, No one has any idea how much methane is leaking from our sprawling and growing natural gas system. This is a major problem, because without a precise understanding of the leak rate, natural gas could actually make climate change worse. Referring to an interactive Climate Central tool that runs various methane leakage scenarios, the article notes that even given modest leak rates and an aggressive transition, quote, we could still end up with little or no climate benefits by 2030 after an enormous financial and political investment in natural gas. July 25, 2014. EPA's Office of Inspector General reports that agency, quote, has placed a little focus and attention on reducing methane emissions from pipelines in the natural gas distribution sector. According to this report, the EPA acknowledged in 2012 that leaks from national natural gas pipelines, quote, accounted for more than 13 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent emissions, are almost 100% methane, and represent more than 10% of total methane emissions from natural gas systems in the United States. Nevertheless, as report went on to note, the EPA does not have the partnerships in place to begin controlling methane leaks, such as with the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, nor has it conducted comprehensive analysis of emissions factors, relying instead on a 1996 study with a, quote, high level of uncertainty. May 15, 2014. A recent review of existing data on life cycle emissions of methane from natural gas systems concluded that as a, that as a strategy for addressing climate change, natural gas is a, quote, bridge to nowhere. The review found that over 20, a 20-year 20 time frame, natural gas is as bad as or worse than coal and oil as a driver of climate change. Referencing this review and other recent studies, Bloomberg Business News reported that the EPA has underestimated the impact of methane leakage resulting from the production, transmission, and distribution of natural gas and is using outdated estimates of methane's potency compared to more recent estimates from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. 
April 25, 2014. A reassessment of the heat-trapping potential of greenhouse gases revealed that current methods of accounting underestimate the climate damage impact of methane pollution from all sources, including drilling and fracking operations. April 14, 2014. A study from researchers at Purdue University, NOAA, Cornell University, University of Colorado at Boulder, and Pennsylvania State University, published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, found very high levels of methane emissions above many wells being drilled at fracking sites in Pennsylvania. Levels were 100 to 1,000 times above the estimates of federal regulators who have always assumed very low methane emissions as wells are drilled. February 26, 2014. The United Nations top environmental official, Achim Steiner, argued that the shale gas rush is, quote, a liability in efforts to slow climate change and that a switch from coal to natural gas is delaying critical energy transition to renewables. February 13, 2014. A major study in science by Stanford University, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and the U.S. Department of Energy found that methane leaks negate any climate benefits of natural gas as a fuel for vehicles and that the EPA is significantly underestimating methane in the atmosphere. Lead author Adam R. Brandt told the New York Times, quote, Switching from diesel to natural gas, that's not a good policy from a climate perspective. This study also concluded that the national methane leakage rate is likely between 3.6 and 7.2% of production. January 15, 2014. As reported by The Guardian, a new study by BP concluded that shale gas, quote, will not cause a decline in greenhouse gases and will do little to cut carbon emissions. December 30, 2013. An analysis of fracking-related truck transportation in the Susquehanna River Basin in Pennsylvania found that greenhouse gas emissions from frack water and waste hauling operations were 70 to 157 metric tons of CO2 equivalent per gas well. November 11, 2013. In a letter to California Governor Jerry Brown, 20 of the nation's top climate scientists warned that pro-fracking policies will worsen climate disruption and harm California's efforts to be a leader in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. The letter called on Governor Brown to place a moratorium on fracking. On November 21, 2013, a group of Governor Brown's former policy and campaign advisors made a similar request in light of concerns about the effects of fracking on climate change and water pollution. October 18, 2013. A team of researchers from multiple institutions, including Harvard, the University of Michigan, and NOAA, reported that methane emissions due to drilling activities in the south coastal, south central United States may be almost five times greater than reported by the world's most comprehensive methane inventory. Quote, These results cast doubt on the U.S. EPA's recent decision to downscale its estimate of national natural gas emissions by 25 to 30 percent, the authors wrote. 
As the New York Times reported, the analysis also said that methane discharges in Texas and Oklahoma, where oil and gas production was concentrated at the time, were 2.7 times greater than conventional estimates. Emissions from oil and gas activity alone could be five times greater than the prevailing estimate. October 18, 2013 A major study spearheaded by Stanford University's Energy Modeling Forum concluded that fracking and the shale gas revolution will have no long-term climate benefit. The study brought together a working group of about 50 experts and advisors from companies, government agencies, and universities, and modeling teams from 14 organizations. The study also found that build-out of infrastructure for fracking and natural gas will discourage efforts to conserve energy and boost efficiency. The study did not examine methane leaks in order to weigh in on the short-term climate impacts of natural gas. October 11, 2013 As reported in The Guardian, Key climate scientists argued that the growth of fracking in the United States is hurting the United States' credibility on climate change. October 2, 2013. Updated measurements from the IPCC determined that methane is even worse for the climate than previously thought. The IPCC determined that methane is 34 times more potent as a greenhouse gas in the atmosphere then CO2 over a 100-year time frame, and 86 times more potent over a 20-year time frame. September 27, 2013 The IPCC formally embraced an upper limit on greenhouse gases for the first time, warning that the world will exceed those levels and face irreversible climactic changes in a matter of decades unless steps are taken soon to reduce emissions. The IPCC reported that humanity faces, quote, a carbon budget, a limit on the amount of greenhouse gases that can be produced by industrial activity before irreversible damaging consequences, of burning about a trillion metric tons of carbon. The world is on track to hit that by around 2040 at the current rate of energy consumption. August 12, 2013 a new scientist review on the science on fracking and global warming concluded that fracking could accelerate climate change rather than slow it. May 28, 2013 A research team led by Jeff Pischel, an associate scientist at NOAA and the Cooperative Institute for Research and Environmental Sciences, estimated that methane leakage from Los Angeles area oil and gas operations was about 17 percent. May 2013. A group of scientists and journalists studying climate change, led by energy systems analyst Eric Larson of Princeton University and the news organization Climate Central, reported that often purported 50 percent climate advantage of natural gas over coal is unlikely to be achieved over the next three to four decades given methane leaks and other factors. The 50% claim is based on the fact that natural gas produces half as much carbon dioxide when burned than coal, but it ignores the significant greenhouse gas impacts of methane leakage that occurs throughout the life cycle of natural gas production, transmission, and distribution. January 2, 2013 
uh, NOAA study found methane emissions from oil and gas fields in Utah to be as high as 9% of production. These levels are considered extremely damaging to the climate. November 2012. A review by the United Nations Environment Program found that emissions from fracking, as well as other unconventional natural gas extraction methods, could increase global warming in the short term and be comparable to coal over a 100-year time frame. November 2012. The International Energy Agency, IEA, found that a large natural gas boom, even with improvements in place to reduce leakage, would eventually lead to greenhouse gas concentrations of 650 parts per million and global temperature rise of 3.5 degrees Celsius, far exceeding the 2 degrees Celsius limit, which is critical to avoid the most severe effects of climate change. May 29, 2012. The Guardian summarized a special report on natural gas by the IEA. A golden age of gas spurred by a tripling of shale gas from fracking and other sources of unconventional gas by 2035 will stop renewable energy in its tracks if governments do not take action. February 2012. A study published in Environmental Research Letters found that the carbon dioxide emitted from the burning of natural gas even neglecting the impacts of methane leakage, contributes significantly to greenhouse gas emissions that are driving climate change. February 7, 2012. A NOAA study of Colorado gas fields measured methane emissions of about 4%, a significant percentage that could be very damaging to the climate. December 29, 2011. As reported by the New York Times, Levels of methane in the atmosphere have been steadily rising since 2007, coinciding with the onset of fracking boom and posing serious threat to the Earth's climate. October 2011. A study from the National Center for Atmospheric Research concluded that substituting the use of natural gas for coal will increase rather than decrease the rate of global warming for many decades. July 6, 2011. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration and other research, significant amounts of methane are leaking from aging gas pipelines and infrastructure. April 2011. A comprehensive analysis of the greenhouse gas footprint of natural gas from shale formations found that between 3.6% to 7.9% of the methane from natural gas production wells escapes into the atmosphere, rather than being combusted, thereby undermining any climate benefits of gas over coal as a source of energy. And that'll bring us up to page 263 and the topic threats from fracking infrastructure, which we will do in the 14th reading from the compendium once again this is the compendium of scientific medical and media findings demonstrating risks and harms of fracking unconventional gas and oil extraction sixth edition june 2019 by the concerned health professionals of new york and physicians for social responsibility and this is the podcast frack you very much 
Once again, you can check out all the back episodes at frackyouverymuch.com. You can also listen to Frack You Very Much and my other podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. From his album 18 Cows, this is Tom Nielsen with the song 1200 Leaks. Thanks for listening. There's something leaking in Springfield Leaking in Western Mass Something leaking in Springfield Leaking natural gas Twelve hundred leaks are leaking And you breathe it in the air 42 miles of pipeline Lying in disrepair Now they want to build more pipelines They save for more capacity But these pipelines they're a-building Ain't for you and me If they really were concerned about supplying us with gas Then why they got 1200 leaks a-leaking in Western Mass It's a matter of public safety With methane flammability Protect our health and ecosystem From a calamity How long did Columbia gas know Those lines were leaking there They say 20 years to fix them While they keep leaking everywhere there's 6,000 leaks a leaking in Washington, D.C. Four and a quarter leaks a mile in Manhattan, NYC. Escaping into sewer lines and ventilator shafts. Stairwells and subway systems Waiting for the blast Two buildings blow up in the village Two more blow up town Who's the next to blow away from leaking underground? Now it's methane that is leaking but language they employ and they call it natural gas as a market employ and it's 80 times as potent as regular CO2 80 times quicker for climate disruption to accrue Porter Ranch in L.A. And San Bruno in the Bay Took out a neighborhood and a people in it 
its way Now they want to build more pipelines They save for more capacity But these pipelines they're a-building Are just to export LNG There's something leaking in Springfield Leaking in Western Mass Twelve hundred leaks a-leaking And it's leaking methane gas Twelve hundred leaks a-leaking And it's leaking 